people don't bob for enough things. You know, <laughs> you know I think you're right. <laughs> we should bring it back. Get a sous vide going and bob for steaks. Scotch. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 139 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast, Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth, and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam, and I'm the mancer of robots. I'm Sam, and I hold a certificate in schmoozing. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. And today is February 26, 2018. Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything can happen on this show. There will be profanity, bad words, swears, all of that. All mm-hmm, of just all of it. Both yep. of the all both of those things. So if you're a child, do not listen to the show. Goodbye. The end. That's honestly, we don't care if you listen to it. Not really. No matter but who you, you are, and you won't either. You but won't your parents either. will. <laughs> yeah, there are apparently people. Apparently, apparently. yeah. Parents. We don't <laughs> we don't want to hear from angry parents. Yeah, that's really this is just, this is to protect us, not you. So I guess it's more like if you're a child, listen uh, to it in secret. Be very <laughs> yeah, because when you're gonna do what you want to do, yeah, be discreet. You, you know? know these these teens with their Tide Pods, <laughs> you can't stop them. Tide Pods and podcasts. Yeah. All right. So news hmm. this past week. What has happened? We just passed the eight week mark yeah. of development for Levelhead. And by golly whiz. By golly, it has turned a corner. It yet is. again. Yep. How so many the, corners it has? I don't know. It's kind of right eight, back where it started. And, it's turned and eight corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the state of the game is that it's essentially mechanically complete. We've got just a couple little tweaks here and there, but nothing too big. Um, so you can play the shit out of all these different crazy elaborate scenarios. Well, think, you can't. I mean, you, the listener, can't right no, now. But we but can. We can. <laughs> we can do it, though. Uh, I think Sam tweeted uh, out a video where he basically recreated mm-hmm. our old game, Extreme Sauce Cycling, in, inside, inside of Levelhead. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, and we have also been spending a lot of time this past week on the web features, which is kind of the, the whole point mm-hmm. of the thing. So for those who haven't been listening or aren't in the know, Levelhead is a game where you build your own platformer levels. And we have all kinds of puzzle mechanics and enemies and hazards and all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and then you can share those levels with your people, your friends, your enemies, people you love, people you hate. So what we found out over the past week is there's something happening that we didn't really anticipate, mm-hmm. which is uh, when you first create a level, then you are the high score holder for that level, right? Because you're the only person who has played it. So obviously nobody else. You got the record. You have, you hold the high score. It's sort of a participation ribbon though, yeah. really. Yep. And when, when somebody else, so once you publish your level, it is now out there. It's out there for the world to see and play. And one thing that you can then do as a player of the level is unseat the creator's uh, top score, mm-hmm. right? And when Sam and I were playing Levelhead over the past week, we kind of ended up developing this rivalry on certain levels where we kept handing the mantle of the mm-hmm. champion of the level back and forth. And then we were like, how do we do this better? Well, the problem was that every time Seth did it, which maybe is not a problem, but a feature of just being a social animal is that he had to you know, do some smack talk in order to let me know that I had been seated. <laughs> I had to uh-huh. gloat, but then I was like, is there can a way, automate can the game gloat for me? Because <laughs> uh, we're all about process improvements. Yep. So, so we added a feature to the game because of this where... Uh, anytime you become the record holder for a level, then it gets added to your champion list. So you just have a list of levels that you can easily get to that are the levels that you are the, the champion of. 
And your but, friends can also get to that list. And your friends mm-hmm. can also see it. So then they can try to unseat you because then you also have a list uh, of levels, which is your unseated list, which is levels that you've been beaten, that you've been, that you've been stripped of your throne. Mm-hmm. You've had your crown ripped off your head, thrown in the garbage. Um, and so you can now very easily just kind of like trade uh, high scores with people, which yeah. is, it's turning out to be pretty fucking yeah, compelling. Pretty, red. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and so there's all kinds of fun stuff with the game that we've come across as we've been playing it that we just weren't really anticipating mm-hmm. because it started as, as sort of just looking at something like what Mario Maker does, where they really focus on the levels. You know, you build the levels, you browse the levels, whatever. Um, but in Levelhead, we're actually focusing on the creators mm-hmm. of the levels and the people. So, uh, so we're putting together all kinds of mechanisms where you can follow people, you can watch them, you can subscribe to their levels, you can develop rivalries and compete with high scores. Um, so this thing is taking an interesting turn that I don't think we really anticipated at the beginning. Yeah, well, this always happens. You know, you start building something and then it, as long as you have a good seed of an idea, then it'll kind of start morphing itself and you just got to listen. You got to listen. You just got to, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're at a point now where we need to uh, essentially expand our playtesting a little bit. So it'll probably be, for us, it's essentially just our, our family where we say, hey, yeah. can you build some bubbles for me? Let me watch, you know, that sort of thing. So we're going to be essentially doubling the total number of people who played the game first from Seth and I to all four of us in the studio. Mm-hmm. And then once that's complete and we make a few tune-up changes, then we'll double it again, essentially to, or maybe maybe a 50% increase. Close friends and family. A few people here and there. Uh, and then it'll actually be time for the beta test. And then we, then we flex our abs, mm-hmm. our anti-bug squad. Mm-hmm. We rope in probably 20 to 30 early testers. Yep. Yep. And our infrastructure is, as of this weekend, now in place for testing. Mm-hmm. But we're, yep. but we're not ready to test that. Things yeah. are coming together. Yeah. Yep. So we, we can technically do it, but we're still not, we're still <laughs> I'm not so going excited. to. It's been so long since we launched I'm, something. I'm uh, really pumped to actually. And the Crashlands update is like five days away from being yeah, able to that this the, thing. the thing that's blown my mind the most is I I hooked up. So every, everybody in Levelhead will have a profile mm-hmm. that you can go to their profile page. It's kind of like how, you know, on Facebook or whatever the fuck, you've got your own sort of homepage that other people can go visit. And they can see stuff about you, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, one of the things that we're having on players' profiles is just sort of aggregated stats about that person. So things like how many levels they've played, uh, how many records they currently hold. Mm-hmm. But then there's one extra stat, which I think is going to be the coolest one to see, which is how many levels they've published and then how many total plays those levels have mm-hmm. accumulated. Because it's already the case that, that even though it's just Sam and me playing each other's levels— uh, each of us have accumulated over a thousand plays, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like seventeen hundred or something. Yeah, and that's just like I'm just playing Sam's levels, but they're good enough already that mm-hmm. that I've played them seventeen hundred times. Right. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we also realize that this this range of numbers is going to make it really difficult to identify cheaters and hackers. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is- Something we now are going to have to deal with. It'll be a problem for next week. But it's, yeah, it's just a problem for later. But yeah, it's not going to be yeah. fun. So, so far, uh, things are pretty, things are looking pretty good for the game. So we'll have more information, uh, as time, as time passes. Otherwise, last week, Sam was gone from the studio because mm-hmm. he went to Dice. Yeah, he went to Vegas. So that's fine. That's and then he went out. to New York yeah. City afterwards. Yeah. So the New York, the New York trip was interesting. <laughs> and the, the story I wanted to share. So I, I enjoyed the trip to New York. Um, that city is so big and so full of people that you basically have to, you just have to wait in line to do everything. Like, that's just what I've understood about Eat. the city. Breathe. Eat. You want to get an Uber? You call your Uber, and then you go wait in a line of Ubers at the airport, mm. and then and then you get in your Uber. So all sorts of things. Um, 
But aside from just, you know, the scale of it, which is very much magnificent, um, there's a joke about, or I guess it's not a joke, but it's a sort of prideful claim. It's a city that never sleeps, right? Right, it's the city where you have to wait in line to sleep. Well, well so, <laughs> so here's what happens. So here's, my, here's my story from it. So my wife and I arrive, and we, we went there to see an art exhibit that she, uh, one of the painters that sort of inspired her work, has, is still alive and had like a huge retrospective on display at the Met. And the Met is essentially just a, just a fucking huge museum. Okay, so like a whole block. I assume that's some kind of hip city abbreviation for an actual name. Yes. I assume it's not called just the Metropolitan Museum Museum. of Arts. I don't know. Entertainment Tome? I don't know. I have no idea. It's called the Met. But yeah, so you go up to this building, check out stuff, and then uh, we checked into our Airbnb, and we're trying to go to bed because we flew in. I just, I got back from Vegas at one in the morning the night before, flew out to New York one in the afternoon, so I had like a poor sleep in between those two things. So I'm ready to conk out. We go to this Airbnb, fiddle with it, get in, get inside. And it's one unit inside of uh, what's called a brownstone building, which is one of those basically old uh, house where they're all kind of smashed together, which most of them are in New York. And uh, there's actually six people or six units inside this building. Some of them are Airbnbs. Some of them are actual apartments. Now the problem is the building is so old that it essentially has, has nothing in terms of any sort of sound dampening. Like in the whole building. Mm. And then on top of that, um, in order for like, if, if I wanted to go to the bathroom, the bathroom's actually not in our unit. It's just like a shared bathroom on our floor. Okay. With another person. Okay. So it's like being in college. It's kind of like being in college, except there's just the central staircase is what unites everybody. Uh, and what I mean, unites Or does it divide everybody? Because <laughs> <laughs> this thing creaks so unbelievably loud. Anytime you just, you just breathe on it and it's like, <laughs> it's just so old. I think it's crying out for death. And so we go and we go to, we are trying to go to sleep. Um, and from nine until midnight, people are just like, just, there's just only six up. people's belly. I don't know what the fuck's happening. Everyone's just tromping up and down these stairs in like flip-flops constantly. I don't know if it's like showers, what's happening. So oh, it's true. If the whole building has one bathroom and people have to use the well, there's, stairs. There's multiple bathrooms. There's a bathroom on each floor. Oh, okay. Right. People are still like, I don't know what's happening. Maybe they have favorite bathrooms. Yeah. The people on the top, their favorite bathrooms on the bottom. There's a lot. The there's, <laughs> there's so much going up and down. I don't even understand what's happening. I also like so, they, they emphasize it using flip flops. Yes. Just to kind of add some drama so you got to the flip flops. You got the creaking stairs. Was anybody then, wearing a wooden clog? It sure as fuck sounds like. <laughs> so like tap shoes. It's unbelievable. So this, this noise parade is going on for three hours straight. And uh, finally, and I. I don't know why, but I think I was just because I was so tired. I had just sort of resigned myself to it and I was just kind of conking out. But my wife at one point sits up and she just looks, she's got like, like animal eyes. She's just like, I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and so she's like, she's like, would you be okay with finding a hotel? Because she's like, I haven't slept in like three days just for arbitrary other reasons. And I can't fucking can't. handle this. And so I said, okay, sure. Yeah, let's just figure it out. Get this app called Hotel Tonight. Book a hotel. Go. Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight. <laughs> of course that exists. I need a hotel tonight. Yeah, it's awesome. So you get, <laughs> you get super discounted hotels. So we get a cheap hotel that's in the city, um, and it says like it has like uh, sound sound dampening windows. It's like one of the main things we were looking for. So we get up. So now it's like one in the morning. We arrive at this other hotel in the meatpacking district in uh, Hell's Kitchen, I think is what it's called. Sure. Where so, Daredevil is Yeah, where, okay, where, the, yeah. where the city gets destroyed repeatedly in Mar- the Marvel cinema. Okay, so I, I know nothing about New York. So just This is a very dangerous place if superhero movies have topped yeah, so, so we get to the hotel, get checked in. They're super nice. And we're like, oh shit, yes. And get up to the room. It looks nice. It's quiet. We're like, fantastic. Lay down and trying to go to bed. And I turn over to Diana. I'm like, does your side of the bed have like a like a crater in it? 
And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah. So my, I lay in bed and my whole <laughs> ass is just like, just goes like into the down. And, and so I feel over on her side and there's nothing. She's like, what are you talking about? So she switches with me and then she just kind of like, she's like disappearing into the mattress. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what is happening? So we turn on the lights and there's just a big like dent in the mattress, like a deep, deep, mm. big crater of a dent. And I'm like, I don't know how this is even physically possible. I don't know what's happening. What happened to this mattress? And the best part is she's like, she, at this point, of course, she's just kind of delirious from being tired. And she's like, you know what, it's fine. Like, I'll just, I'll sleep, we'll just sleep sort of like smushed together like we did in like a college dorm room, right? If we've done it before, whatever. So she, we both kind of scoot over. But before she can do that, she takes the water and she just sort of like sighs and then goes to take a drink and just pours water all over the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean like a small amount. Like, I, it was one of those bottles that's like, was surprisingly elastic. And she squeezed it when she was drinking and just, like, just poured just like a lake of water oh, man. onto the crater in the bed. So it probably pools into the crater. Yeah. And now you've got a and lake. So, <laughs> so we're just like, what What in the fuck is happening? You know, as far as like a Murphy's Law situation, we're kind of just there. And we get a towel, just kind of damp it up, lay it down, and then do our best to fall asleep. Uh, so we end up. So like, I guess it's a better marketing slogan to say it's the city that never sleeps instead of it's the city that can't sleep. Yes. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. I <laughs> yeah. think they, they did a thing where they, they took something that was actually negative and turned it into a positive for them. So much energy here. Yeah. Because people can't fucking get a good night's <laughs> sleep. So they're just out. It even is out uh, and about. The like those do not disturb signs. It says like the one side says, uh, I'm exploring the city that never sleeps. You know, come on in. And the other side says, um, unlike this city. Uh, I do sometimes need some sleep. And we're laughing because we're like, we can't get, I can't do this here. We can't sleep at <laughs> I all. Wonder, I wonder if people who live in New York are just fucking sick of that whole, like, that whole slogan just oh, being sure. on everything, yeah. you know? Well, it's like how we have the arch. <laughs> Unlike the city, I everyone, Yeah, everyone puts the arch on everything here. Just logos. It's like rolled into the names of most things. Same thing. Yep. Sure you get tired of it. But yeah, it was a... Uh, that was quite the fucking adventure. I'll tell you that. Did not sleep very well at all the entire weekend, but New York's pretty interesting. If we have any listeners in New York, sorry about that. That's, yeah, good luck. That's rough. Good luck sleeping. It's <laughs> a rough time. Uh, all right, speaking of New York City, mm-hmm. Dwayne Watch. Mm-hmm. Dwayne the Dwayne Rock, the Rock Watch. Johnson has a movie coming out called Rampage, which is a video game movie adaptation based off of the old... Rampage and Rampage World Tour games, mm-hmm. which were games that featured uh, giant animals destroying cities. Yeah. It was a real popular thing for some reason at that mm-hmm. time. It was pretty fun. No, I just mean that whole thing about giant animals destroying oh, cities. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know why that was such a thing, but there was just... I think there was kind of like a King Kong resurgence, you know, yeah. in the 90s. Uh, you had the Godzillas, and then Power Rangers was basically the same thing. Every, yeah. 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 every Power Ranger is just, yeah. Very mm-hmm. predictable storyline in those, by the way. Well, it was, <laughs> so, the, you know, they talk about video game adaptations always being basically problematic, right? So there's there's not been one yet where someone's like, the story was actually good. Where it was sort of st- stood by itself. Now, the interesting thing to me about Rampage is that there already just wasn't a story, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there are the large animals. Yeah. <laughs> they just, are destroying yeah. animals. Well, yeah, you are one of those things, right? Yeah. yeah. So even in that case, the, the story doesn't follow what kind of follows one of the huge animals, uh, but it's it follows Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who I guess who himself is very large and could possibly destroy a city by himself. He could, but it follows him and his like gorilla buddy who He's, becomes huge. And they got to defend. Animals. They got to defend New York City from mm-hmm. a giant crocodile and a giant wolf, probably some other giant things they didn't want to reveal mm-hmm. in the trailer. Yeah, um, 
I don't know, maybe like a giant house cat, giant who knows leopard, mm-hmm. lizard, gerbils. What would be the most horrifying giant animal? Because everyone always goes like crocodiles. Oh, dude, fleas. Have you mm. seen a close up of a oh, flea? Yeah. A starfish. Actually, a giant Ew. flea. Because <laughs> a starfish would be like, on top of you. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it throws little guts suction cup legs and it would vomit its guts onto you. And it has a mouth anus. And it has a which mouth is anus. Not ideal. No. You don't want a <laughs> huge one of those anywhere near. No. I was thinking actually about giant fleas, and I think that's just a lobster. Yeah. Now that I think about it, basically. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. I mean, Aren't fleas uh, kind of like they're crustaceans, you know? Uh, I mean, they're not crustaceans, but whatever. Well, and I guess insects and crustaceans are they're, like, they're the same. A crustacean two sides is the same. A crustacean is just a wet insect. <laughs> I mean, let's, yeah, let's uh, be sure, real. Sure look like it. Actually, they're more like wet spiders. Mm. That's yeah. gross. But spiders are just kind of like insects. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Mm, wet spiders. That's uh, <laughs> disgusting. Gourmet. I don't like it dip, at all. <laughs> give, me, give me that wet spider tail so I can dip it in some butter. All right. It's probably pretty tasty. Let's get on to some questions now. All right. So Dwayne Watch. Rampage. This is happening. I'm going to watch the fuck out of this movie for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be quite spectacular. I'm going to watch it for the same reason that I'm going to watch Pacific Rim 2. They're going to be the same movie. There are large things. Although, does Pacific Rim 2 also have The Rock in it? I'm assuming that these are part of the same universe, and there will be sort of an Infinity War-style sort of fusion. Ooh, yeah. Where, I mean, that's what they're doing. Good. You know? You start yep. Rampage, and then you go to the... Yeah. I mean, in the, in the newest King Kong movie, King Kong was sort of a good guy. Yeah, that's part of the same universe as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm. King Kong, Rampage, and Pacific Rim. Although and Rampage course, is also a giant gorilla, so that might be a little too redundant. You well, know, unless they have to battle it out. Yeah. You know, then that'd be pretty cool. There you go. Yeah. So, and then of course, Jurassic, uh, all the Jurassic movies, they have yep. giant animals as well. So there's going to be a, there's going to be a large animal and robot movie. Infinity War. Sort of Infinity War. Giant animals, Infinity War. I think you're just talking about Ready Player One at this point. You know, they just oh, and also Cloverfield. All the their Cloverfield, <laughs> new movie, new Cloverfield. Cloverfield movie came as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so actually what's going to be is... All these giant animals are going to have to team up to take out the creature from Cloverfield. Ah, and they'll all lose immediately because it's the size of the Earth. The Earth, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the movie will be really short. There'll be this spectacular <laughs> scene of all these giant animals walking through New York for some reason. Because that's that's where the all Power cool Rangers show up. Power Rangers are there with their everybody's swords. there, and everybody, everybody lines up because they got to get in the shot. They're right? ready to battle. Yeah, they're and all in the this, shot. And just a huge, <laughs> just a huge arm thing. Just, just, smash, just, smash, just smash stomps at all them. But then yeah. though. Then one punch man shows up mm. and he's like, oh, and he just yeah. punches it. And that's it. That's he, wins. he wins now. Yep. So it is a short movie. It is a short movie. Because one punch man showed up. Yeah. So love it. If, yeah. And if any of our, by the way, I would our, watch the shit out of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it only needs to be, it only needs to be two or three minutes long. And yeah. I, will, I will watch that so many times. Yep. If any of our people who are listening have not seen one punch man, it's so fucking great. Just, yeah. just watch <laughs> Give it a go. All right, let's go on to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. For now. Yep, someday it'll be not there anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That day is not today. That day day is is not not today. today. So carry on. Unless you're listening to an episode, to this episode in the future, uh, which is why we put the dates at the beginning. Correct. Although hopefully I will have made it so that you can still go to that address and still get to the podcast page. But maybe not. But maybe not. It's 20 great teams. Who cares? Uh, first question comes from I am Cade. I know you all are very efficient and used to changing the way you do things regularly. Is there something you do in business or personal life that you know is irrational and silly, but you do it anyways because that's how you like it? Can you give mm. us examples? Mm. Something I do that I know. 
you know is it's irrational and silly. Mm. Probably something. I, I mean, do this thing constantly, which is I've been working on because it's dumb and horrible. <laughs> but it's also just how I like to do things, <laughs> which is essentially if I've forgotten something anywhere. So say I'm just like moving rooms and I left a thing behind and I was like, oh, shit, I need to go get that. Usually I do this sort of mental calculus and the value of moving forward for me is always higher than going back to get a thing, which means that even if I, I just leave the house and I'm in the car, in the driveway, but I like left my lunch inside and well, I know I guess it. you're not having lunch. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> we've gone too far. It's sort I've of like a Harold and Kumar we've come too far situation. I actually, I, I have it the really same, is. I have the same approach to returning items to yep. stores. I do not return. Things. I have literally never returned something. Not because of any kind of a calculation, but just because I just don't want to go back there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I if I bought something and it turns out that it's not the thing I wanted, then that's just my fuck up. That's and on they you. can just they can just keep it as a tip. <laughs> you know? because uh, I don't I don't wanna. Although actually I do that I do that with <laughs> games also. I mean I've bought some games that were just Absolutely unequivocally terrible mm-hmm. on Steam, and I could have refund. I knew within moments that's even easier because you just click a refund. Yeah, it's a, it, it would have been, been so good. easy. But I was just like, Ugh, that's just this, this is, is my bad. fault. Yeah, this is my I fault. I didn't do my due diligence, and that's so much work mm-hmm. to go find because really you gotta find the button. It's kind of a way of punishing yourself for not doing your due diligence. I think so. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I also so. do this thing where so I scramble. I scramble the apps on my phone from time to time. And it's it's part partly so that I scramble them, meaning I just move them around. <laughs> okay, <laughs> because uh-huh. part of the thing is you pick up your habits on your phone, right? So maybe you open it and you swipe like right three times to get to your Discord or whatever else. And so for me, it's about disrupting, like trying to disrupt some of those stupid <laughs> usage habits. It works really well. But well, so like, every, yeah, I wouldn't call that an irrational, silly thing to well, do. It is pretty dumb. Well, there is no, another. I mean, it's a pretty smart way to try to short circuit, mm. you know, a habit, habitual behavior. Because well, the dumb thing. Is the, you know, opening up of Reddit or whatever. Sure. Well, I guess it, it does sound insane, though, until you get to that, the, the final point about what it does for you. Yeah. Like, yeah, every month I scramble the apps on my phone. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? I mean, it might be this? a better move just to take them off your phone. But I still want them. It does seem a little weird that it's a thing that you want to have, but, but you don't, don't want to be able it. to get to it. Well, you know, I mean, there's there's degrees. You don't want to, you know, I want to go extreme usage on anything, but mm-hmm. I still want to have access. Here's, now, here's what you should do. Hmm. You should just uninstall, you should uninstall everything. And then anytime you actually need to use something, install it then. Because mm. now I, the barrier is really high. I used but to then do the that. moment you finish, uninstall it again. No, I used to do that with Netflix before I canceled my Netflix. Yep. Which was I I would not have it on my phone, but then if I was like, I want to lay in bed and watch an episode of Blah before I go to sleep or something, mm-hmm. then I'd have to install it. But the problem is it only takes like 30 seconds. <laughs> yep. But then you have to find your credentials to log into it. Yeah, and that takes like eight seconds. Not not for me because they're all in my last pass, which yep. is all yeah, that's the same for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but my mine is because mine automatically t- logs out of everything constantly, so I have to manually type in my password get like to get into my last factor authentication. But even then, I mean, the the problem is the problem is that that just becomes a new habit. No, my, you know, it is enough of a pain in the ass that because that, that is the thing that's kept me from putting Netflix on my phone is exactly how hard it is to get a password into it. Because I've actually downloaded <laughs> and installed just, Netflix numerous my, times and then been like, oh, it's too hard to log in. I don't in. know. I've always just like, my phone screen is tiny. And there's just com- there's computers that are mobile in the house. So I've never had an urge to put Netflix on my phone ever in my life. 
Yeah, which has yeah. never been an issue. It, it's not something that is needed. It's, it's not. It's actually a pretty bad thing to do because mm-hmm. once you're, it's on there, I mean, you're you're in it now. You're, the, yeah. you're like you'll be, you'll be like I'm gonna wash some dishes, but I am in the middle of an episode of Blair. Yeah, I'll just continue. I'll just take it with me, and then mm-hmm. you're kind of like drooling on yourself while you're glazed over watching this show, <laughs> half heartedly washing dishes. <laughs> it's no good. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I do. Once you once you've started watching shows. And you're carrying them around with you while you're doing other things. You've gone too far. Yeah, maybe it's got, time to back up. You got a problem. You got a problem. Yeah. You got a big problem. The other thing I do that's dumb or that is definitely gross, I would say, <laughs> is I eat apples usually when I drive to work, but then I don't take them in to throw them into the trash. So I, every time, every day, usually I get in the car, there's just an apple core. I don't even fuck around with there. apples. <laughs> <laughs> you don't fuck with apples? Nah, man. Because they're sticky. They're just, How are they're you just, eating the apple? You, I, I bite, I bite into it uh-huh. and rip the half of the apple. Off. <laughs> That's usually what I do too. Okay, actually. so I've got like half an apple in my mouth, and the other half is just bleeding. It's everywhere. just this juicy, yeah, bleeding apple yep. meat that you're just getting shooting. The, you're getting the wrong. You need to get those pink lady apples. You know, they're tart, they're crisp, they're delicious. <laughs> but are they but are they completely dry inside? No, but they're, they're juicy enough, but not so juicy that you'll... But you can get dried apples, although dried apples are probably the worst of the dried fruits. Also, I have had a situation where I did do that, like, half an apple bite thing. So you, you just clonk your teeth in there, and then you, <laughs> just you rip, rip it yeah, off, actually. Yeah, right? you don't, yeah, if you haven't done this, by the way... It's, it's very satisfying. It's very satisfying. <laughs> don't bite the apple. But it will cause a, usually a juice eruption. Yeah. I've done this around my wife before. And, and then just juice like, is just like, you just spray. Yeah. Juice is spraying, <laughs> juice is pouring down your arm and the, and the, it's fruit juice, which means it's basically sugar water. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And so now it's like, it's like drinking a, a Coca-Cola. Yep. Right. So now you're just covered in sticky horribleness. It's amazing. It's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I say, fuck apples. I just eat a one a day vitamin. Then I don't have to mess around with apples. Mm. It's pretty good strategy. People are always like, you got to eat fruits cause they got those vitamins in them. I'm like, or I'll just eat a vitamin. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Cut right to the chase. You know? That slogan of you know, one vitamin, one multivitamin a day keeps the doctor away, which isn't quite as jingly as one apple a day. No, but I'm pretty sure that was invented by the Apple Lobby, you know? So is the Apple Lobby That's true. There's there's <laughs> almost I guarantee you it's a real thing. There's almost nothing about oh, apples man. that would sort of make you healthy. What are you talking about? It's just, I love a, it's just a bag of sugar. It's just a bag of sugar. <laughs> Whatever. I think the skin has like a vitamin in it or something. Yeah, I think, but, but you know, one sugar or two bags. vitamins max. Not not types of vitamins, just number Speaking of Speaking of apples, we get we did get a question from somebody named T-Juice, which I think is a glorious good name. <laughs> B-Scotch Bros. I wanted to mention I'm a longtime listener and consumer of all your content. As someone who aspires to follow in your footsteps, I just wanted to say keep up the good work. Also, what's your favorite kind of apple? Pink ladies, done. Mm. No, no apples. Fuck apples. Where are you I, at? Because apples are already candy, but it's like the shittiest of candy. What are you then, guys talking about? What then you, I like what is that? you like what mini is eggs. Is I like an apple. Well, no, an apple covered in chocolate or covered in caramel. Caramel, caramel apples in particular. Are those, so those are stellar. But it's mostly because it's it's a it's just a pleasant light vehicle for carrying the true good there, which is the now. Don't caramel. get me wrong. I love the flavor of apples. But I hate the experience. I'm, I'm quite indifferent about the flavor of Have apples. Have you ever bobbed for apples? Yeah, it's weird. It's super I don't hard. know why. It's like waterboarding people, yourself. Yeah, why do people do this? Yeah. <laughs> it's real difficult. Wouldn't recommend. Yeah. Actually, I would recommend once. Yeah, it's it's one one most things. things are worth trying. People don't. <laughs> people don't bob for enough things. You know. <laughs> you know I think you're right. <laughs> we should bring it back. Get a sous vide going and bob for steaks. You, know? <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> 
You cook your face Cook off your face. All right, next I feel like adults should, what, what would you bob for? You can't bob for beers, I guess, because you'd like clank all your teeth off. Yeah. Yeah. What's like a, what's a very like luxurious. Bob item? for watermelons. Mm. That's hard to, hard you, to bite. <laughs> you got to do That's the part snake, of the unhinge your jaw <laughs> thing, you know? It's part of the challenge. Yeah. Do you bob for like, you know, saving $100 of your car insurance? Bob for coupons? What's, what's, yeah. the, for, what's, the, what's the reward you normally get for, for you know, successfully bobbing an you apple? Because if the reward the is apple. just the apple, that's a, And the a secret great. about bobbing that nobody really, really catches on to is you can just take it. You can just grab it. Yeah. You <laughs> don't just, even need to put no, your no, face Or you can just go... <laughs> Or you can just go buy some apples because they're you also can, the most plentiful of fruits. Yeah, this, yeah, because as a kid, people are like, there's apples in this tub, but I do love the idea of sous viding some food and then taking the bags and like just putting them into some lukewarm water, right? You gotta cool them down well, a little you, bit. Well, you could leave the bags and then you bob for, for yeah, your you steak. bob for your sous vide steaks mm-hmm. or whatever else. Whatever steak you can get, that's what you get. You gotta bob for steaks. I love it. All right, next yeah. question comes from Anonymous. Have you read the amazing Wait But Wise article, The AI Revolution, which features a bunch of ideas Douglas E. Richards took for his Infinity Born book? What's your prediction for ASI, which is artificial super intelligence? Will we ascend to immortality or get wiped <laughs> out in gray goo? That was an intense jump. Yeah. Okay. A lot so, of things, there, a lot happened. All right. So <laughs> I have not read the article. Have you read the article? No. Nope, nope. okay. I've not heard of any of these words or any okay. of these people. So the book. Uh, Infinity Born. You read it, right? I read that book. Okay. Fucking crazy book. The whole time I was reading, I was just like, ah, my face. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. It's good. Uh, but the premise of the book is basically a, a super sort of Elon Musk style genius um, develops artificial general intelligence, mm. which is basically it's a it's an AI that can just think on its own as opposed to being pre-programmed to think certain things, right? And so. The, the theory is that once you have artificial general intelligence, then it's almost instantaneous for it to move into artificial super intelligence because the amount of computing power possible in life, you made a giant supercomputer um, that could just think on its own because of how efficient it is, how it never gets tired, mm-hmm. blah, 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 and how it could restructure itself and do all these other things. Then it's basically just an instantaneous evolution process where it goes through all these generations of changes to make itself better. Whereas humans are bogged down by all this stupid shit that we have to do all the time, right. you know, like yeah. eat apples and stuff. Mm-hmm. That does assume there's no cost to computation, which is not true. Also, right. there would never be an error. in this Because system. there are some things, there are some problems that sound like easy problems that are actually so costly to compute that it would take all of, all of the time in the universe to, to compute them. And for quite simple problems, which when you now scale that up to a super intelligence and how hard those problems are and how hard the problem would be that this sheer amount of complexity for restructuring a super intelligence. Mm. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be hard. Are you saying it's likely that you would have a supercomputer essentially stride onto the wrong problem and then seize up? No, I'm just saying any problem that that can make a thing a super intelligence is such a complicated problem that the idea that it is, it is now decoupled from time because computers are so fast and now it can Mm. instantaneously evolve to be an infinitely intelligent being Right. So the, so the differentiation between sort of a, a artificial general intelligence and a super intelligence is basically just one of generations, right? Like yeah. an artificial general intelligence is something that you could say has consciousness and thinks on its own and has its own opinions and thoughts about things, but it's a computer. So it never sleeps, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's already sort of something people are scared of because it's, it d- can do all the things that we can do just way fucking better because mm-hmm. it's, it's not a person. People suck, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
So for starters, there's a question about what do, what would that mean for people? And in the uh, Infinity Born book, the other sort and the question, the reason that uh, Anonymous here is asking about the question of immortality is like once you can make a conscious computer, then there's kind of a question about whether you can replicate human consciousness in a computer. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and if you can replicate a person's consciousness, then that person as an entity is immortal, even yeah, though their body, even though their body dies. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So if that's the case, um, then it's possible that you can make either robots that are essentially a person right. that had their consciousness duplicated into the robot, or you could, you know, clone a person and somehow move their consciousness into a new body. Or, or you whatever. could have a thousand people who all have the same consciousness or they start with the same one. Yeah. And then become different people, but then they weren't the same person in the first place. So then right. was that thing really you? I don't know. I don't know, man. My uh, answer is no. Yeah. So so then when it comes to having something like artificially intelligent robots around, what's going to happen to people is really the bigger overarching concern and mm. question here. Because if you have things that are super intelligence, then it's kind of like how you would view an ant where you see it walking around and you don't hate it because you have no opinion about it because its existence is so insignificant mm-hmm. to you. Right as a as a person. Though if you get enough ants, this can be a nuisance. If you get enough ants, <laughs> then you have to kill. If them you all. get enough ants, then you hate them, and then mm-hmm. you have to kill them all because they're biting you and they're mm-hmm. eating your apple juice. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so I, I think to me that's the concern. If you want to, if you want to actually theorize about the idea of like artificial super intelligence appearing, but why would they care? I guess it's no. Like, the thing is, no, that's that's what's concerning about it is that they wouldn't care. So what's different than not having it? Who gives a fuck? If it's just off doing its own thing and you're doing well, your own thing, aren't but, we in the but, same position? But here's the question. <laughs> if it doing its own thing would mean, for example, you know, strip mining out the core of the earth to do whatever. Then and, it would be just like people. We'd right. Be, we'd and be if, exactly and if, where we are now. And if every person were to die as a consequence, that's fine because it's, you know, it's got its own thing going on. Well, but here's on. the thing. We're already doing that. I was going to say, I already feel like an ant in that analogy that's true other people stage. already don't care yeah so really it happening. would be just like having just it's just like now except it's except faster yeah and maybe powerful. faster maybe. probably not though i bet it would be just the same and think, about, <laughs> think about it right now when they're you're you're confronted with a bureaucracy because there's some company who's strip mining your town or whatever mm-hmm. digging digging underneath you and causing earthquakes sinkholes. whatever right? causing sinkholes whatever. how hard is it for you to stop that right now literally impossible yeah there's no way for you to, to just as as no. You have to being, act like a bunch of ants, you and they do together. You have to descend on a particular right. location and, and start fighting. If you try to, because it's because it's happening as a company, right? Because mm-hmm. companies are basically the artificial intelligences that already exist, right? And because well, these a company, are a company things. is more like an ant colony, right? It's like a thousands of people get together and all collectively do a thing. Yeah, yeah, but but the entity that's now that. In the same way that, that uh, you know, a super intelligence is also just a collection of programs all interacting mm-hmm. with each other. Right, right? right. And so that's now a sort of this faceless entity that has no, you know, that you can't punish it. You can't do it in the same way that you can't with a company. So to me, right. there's no difference between an artificial intelligence and a company. Mm-hmm. And we're already completely fucked by what companies are allowed to do. And the mm-hmm. difference, I think actually we're going to be better off with artificial intelligence is because people will regulate it because they're scared of it. Mm-hmm. So I think actually we're in way less danger from AI than we are already putting ourselves in just from having companies do whatever the fuck My take want. is that the general psychological view for a long time has been that humans are horrible at forecasting for one. Yeah. And always overshoot, whether it's a bad thing or a good thing, what that means and how it's going to feel. So my guess is that it'll be basically the same as it is now yep. for mm-hmm. you in your daily life. Maybe sometimes you'd be like, God damn, this AI just 
strip mined my my city, my house, my house. They took all the wood in the middle of the night. Yeah, but in the same way that with it. yeah, but in the same way that a government does right now, or exactly. that or that a business does. I just I just don't think there's going to be a difference. And I and I do truly believe that the that the complexity problem of of AI is going to make this whole problem just fucking moot because you you don't. It just isn't the case that the smarter you are, the smarter you then get to be because there are things that limit that. It's not just speed. It's also complexity and complexity grows way faster than anything else, which is why we can make things that stay really far ahead of computational power. And the more intelligent a thing gets, all that intelligence has to be represented by computations. And so Mm -hmm. you can only do that so fast and the more complicated it gets, the slower it has to be. Yeah. I'm not that worried. I mean, just not worried about it. But what about things like Moore's (laughs) law, right? Which is. Yeah, yeah, but if, every if, eighteen months, sure, sure, but yeah. yeah, but things get things get twice as fast or whatever every eighteen months, right? Right, they get but, more complex, but they get much more than twice as complex, right? You know what I mean? And so, so here, so now, now let's say you're a supercomputer, so you're accelerating in how fast you can but become does, more intelligent. Does that matter? It does matter because complexity take like take take an algorithm. There's that big O notation for algorithms, right? Of how how fast a thing can be processed. So things that are linear, you just add more computational power, and then you just can do that thing. Faster, that same rate faster. So, right. so if it's a linear big O thing, big O problem, then add one to one relationship, add power, get faster results. Almost no interesting problem is one to one. Right. Almost everything is more complicated than that. And now you start mixing those together. And so that just explodes really, really fast. Mm-hmm. So, most interesting problems have to grow in complexity faster than computational power can keep up. So, yeah. I just So so here's the thing. There may be super intelligences, you know, like a billion years from now, but they're going to be computers that are basically like trees. You know, it takes them fucking forever to do anything. They do really complicated, awesome stuff, but it takes like a thousand years. Maybe they don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. And they don't give a fuck because all the humans are dead because we've killed ourselves. You know, they they didn't even care that this happened because they can't. Because they're trees. Because they're trees. (laughs) But yeah, they're they're just sitting over here chugging along, processing, having a great time, talking to each other, doing God knows what. Mm -hmm. But it's happening incredibly slowly. And every so often some humans come by and just chop down, turn them into a house. <laughs> what are you going to do? You take too long. Well, but then, long but then the trees start talking to each other. Then they release spores into the air. And then we all start get that one movie. That's how you get. I'm not sure. You heard it here. So supercomputers, basically trees in the future. Don't worry about it. Or trees are supercomputers. We're just <laughs> building right. houses at them. We don't even fucking know what's going I mean, on. Probably. Yep. All right. Next question comes from Kula The feelings you had playing video games as a child. Have you lost it? Are you constantly trying to rediscover Have it? Have you lost it? <laughs> Have you ever rediscovered it? Hope. It is the quintessential human delusion. Simultaneously the source of your greatest strength and your greatest weakness. <laughs> Where are we going with this today? <laughs> quote is this quote from the architect from the Matrix, I assume. <laughs> right. So here's the thing. I actually had an interesting uh, dinner conversation with my wife last night about this. Something similar. About hope. About going back. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Because she's from India mm-hmm. and she's been gone for a long time. And every time she goes back, it's different. Mm-hmm. And it's it's getting more and more different from how it used to be every time she goes. Yes. Right? It's accelerating. Yeah. And we have the conversation and I was like, you know, I think I think something you just gotta understand is like you can't go back to India. You can right. go to India. But right. you can't go back to India, mm-hmm. right? Because what it was is just not what it is anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's true of everything. And I was thinking about this with the new uh, launch of uh, the new classic WoW servers, mm-hmm. which is the way that World of Warcraft was in 2004. 
And I could, you know, when that comes out, whenever, next year or something, you know, I can play it, but playing that now is going to be very different than the very first time I booted that game yep. up when I was 17 years old. You can't yeah. recapture that. Yeah. Nope. Well, we've talked about this. I've talked about this everything was different. Mm-hmm. Everything was different. Yeah, then. you were, everything was different. We talked about this in the past where I talked about Fallout 3, which was still is one of my favorite games. But at the time I played it, everything about it was new. I hadn't had any experiences like the ones that are presented. Uh, and that whole, the whole starting thing of, you know, coming out and, and leaving the vault for the first time, which is then repeated in every Fallout since, you know, uh, I, that's the thing you don't get to, you just don't get to have that again. Yeah. So that, that is the thing, like th- those moments are the thing that made that and then the whole series my favorite series. But every time I play it, I'm pretty sure what I'm really trying to do is recapture that somehow. Mm-hmm. And I still enjoy the games, but I never, it's just nothing like it was. Well, I think there's, there's the a one. true power to, to that first experience in a lot of, in a lot of things like generally. Right. Yeah. But I think um, in the realm of games, I mean, I remember, I mean, like that first time you evolve a Pokemon. Remember that shit? Yeah, I don't even think I don't even know what it was specifically. It was probably like a Bulbasaur. Or yeah, Charmander. It was yeah. always, always going to be your first one of those starters. starters. But the thing is, like that, it just imprints on you as this really fun moment, right? Um, yep. And so, yeah. yeah, I think I, I mean, personally for me, there's been very few games that have hit that level of uh, that same feeling nowadays. It's probably just because I've played too many of them, frankly. But I think I think it was, everything is the same. It is. Yeah. And, yeah. In order for, in order to get that effect again, it would have to be something completely new. Yes. To, to be able to, and I think that's kind of interesting though, because what we all do naturally is we chase those old, mm-hmm. those old things that we had, which is, you know, drives the whole uh, franchise economy, right? Where but really all you want is something new. All you really want is something new because you can't, because the thing that you're actually chasing is the, the sense you got when a thing was the new, first feeling. but you're chasing yeah. an old thing. Cause that's where you, that's where you saw it last. Yeah. Well, know? I mean, and, and but like, it can never be there. So you're just, it's like trying to get the pot at the end of the rainbow. Right. You, know? you mm-hmm. just, you just, the rainbow keeps receding. You can't yeah. get there. Well, and this, this is why games that have been out for a long time. You know, they need to have constant expansion packs mm-hmm. and there, there always needs to be something new. You know, it can't, you can't just say, yep, we, uh, we took all the stuff you loved and we just improved upon it a little bit. Yep. Right. Right. Cause nobody cares. Um, and it's the same reason why, for example, you know, why did, why did PUBG just fucking crush it? Right? Yeah. And it's because they did a thing that was so new to so many people mm-hmm. and, and, and being, you know, ha- capturing that feeling of being the lone survivor out of a hundred combatants. Oh, the, you know? the feeling of being hunted <laughs> on a huge yeah. map. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and there, there's, there are things in that game that so many, and the thing is maybe they weren't doing any like one new thing, mm-hmm. but the way they pulled it together into a certain package was just a totally new thing for so many people. Well, I can imagine. I mean, so. the, the opening scenario of all of the PUBG matches is you, you're coming in on that uh, chopper helicopter thing, whatever, right? Yeah. You're flying over and then you have to jump. Yeah. And you can imagine I me mean, the first time, like that, that particular moment, you know, designing a, a game to have a moment like that in the beginning. So that and you get to see the whole map from a, literally yeah. from a bird's eye view. Because forever after that, you know, you're going to remember your first jump out of that onto like a PUBG map, right? Yeah. Because it's going to be a, like, what the fuck is even happening? This is not how normal games work as far as like you getting onto a map, etc. So, um, yeah, I think we're all kind of chasing it. Well, even, even uh, No Man's Sky, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think above all the thing that they promised that, uh, that, that really made it a big deal was th- this idea of being able to explore an infinite universe in your spaceship, right? Mm-hmm. And that everything matters and like, oh, there's all these planets and stuff. And, and yeah, there's been space games and there's been crafting games. There's been exploration games, but the strength of that promise was something that just captured people's imagination as something that they 
would never get to experience again, you know, mm-hmm. or like something that, that nobody has ever been able to pull off before. And so even though, you know, you get the hundreds of thousands of negative reviews of people saying this game is not actually fun or this is not what I wanted or whatever, people will still buy it because there's still just a chance that it's going to give them that one, that one new thing. Well, it's interesting to think about is that sort of the, the actual mechanical constructs of the game end up becoming sort of just like the sameness soup that people live in. And then as a, you know, as a maker of games, you have to decide the points at which if you have the, like the production budget for it where you can either break the rules or do something weird to give someone that sense again, right? And it's something that actually we've struggled with with some of our game designs in the past because we do, like you're kind of rushing to get, I mean, you're always production-oriented, right? Because money is a thing. So you're trying to get this thing done on time, trying to get it out the door. And the reality is that like most of the things people remember are not going to be the hundred of hours of just sort of normal gameplay they're doing. It's going to be those couple of moments where things didn't work the way they first thought they did or mm-hmm. there's a twist or whatever else. And those twists require that that soup be present, like that soup of normalcy be a thing that you can kind of then jump into and, and, and mess up. But it takes a lot of extra energy to actually like do that extra piece. Yeah, right? yeah I, think, I think the most fascinating thing about it is be- because I started playing World of Warcraft back in 2004 when it first came out. So now that game's been out for th- 14 years almost, 13 and a half years. Um, and if I kind of think back about the things that I can remember the most, or the most vividly, from my playing experiences, it's very front loaded. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's yeah. It, because the more time I put into it, the more it's, it's kind of, it's normal. kind of like how, when you drive to work and you literally cannot remember it at all. Right. Right. But there was a time when the act of backing out of your driveway or something was a terrifying, harrowing yeah, experience. It's exhilarating, really. And you're just like, oh, you know? and you're yeah. like looking at every mirror, like back and forth, back and forth. And, and you're inching out and it's, mm-hmm. It's just this enthralling thing, you know, but at a certain point it becomes such a matter of course that it's not even noteworthy. Right. And, and those special moments of what makes doing that thing interesting, just get further and further Mm -hmm. spread apart because you've just seen everything. I think that's one to me, that's the most kind of the saddest, most unfortunate thing about how we can, how we do have hobbies and how we consume, uh, you know, content and media and stuff that, that we're really into is we just constantly, because I think what we're all looking for is is that original feeling, but we're chasing the wrong thing to get it. Right, because we keep, and, and we keep revisiting the same stuff. Right, where, where we can't actually, it's, we're, what we're doing is we're chasing a thing that guarantees we can't catch it. You know, yeah. it's, it's not, it's, it's not, it's just not there versus, you know, because we all have, so there was a long time where I only played first person shooters. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. just all I would do because that was the kind of gameplay that I liked, you know. Uh, and the, but I didn't actually play that many of them cause they were all the same. Right. And so what I really meant was I liked half-life. Mm-hmm. That's what it really meant to me to, but, but I didn't, I didn't but quite you, understand but that. You can't, was. Yeah. You can't have that again. And the thing is right, you, I can't recapture Yeah, it You can play half-life, but you can't go back. Yeah. I can't go back to it. And, yeah. and I, and every once in a while I'll go back and I'll play, you know, half of half-life or half-life two it's again. It's not the same though. It's not the same. <laughs> and, uh, have it again. First time. Whew. Yeah, I know. So yeah. good. Yep. But now, and then, now yeah, when you be, realize that you can pull a radiator off the wall and use it as a bullet shield. Yep. Yeah. And you feel like you're cheating, yep. you know, but it's still fine. Yeah. yeah. It's just fantastic. <laughs> and so, because yeah. really what we should all be doing is finding games that are in genres we think that we hate and that we've never even heard of maybe. You know? It's the only time you're going to get that. It's the, it is, it's the only place you could find it. Or, or by some game creator who is doing something 
you know, still in the genres that you've come to know and love, but you, but you know, they're, they're going to do something weird. There's gonna yeah. Be some you know, like a, maybe if somebody's making a platformer yeah. where you could build your mm, own level. That's a great, that it. is a great example. Share it with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's an interesting point. Cause I think there's, there's a difference between wanting to have those moments and wanting to just like play the game that you like. Right. Yeah. They're two kind of different activities. And I think, uh, you know, there are some days certainly where I'm like, I wish, I wish I could have that first feeling like that first playthrough I had of Terraria. Still, mm-hmm. just sort of stands as a with like legendary status in my mind. Yep. Um, because it was basically seventy pure hours of just like feverish enjoyment, and then now when I go play, like I know exactly what to do. So yeah, and it like, gets boring real fast. Well, so this, this kind of actually leads into a, uh, another question very well, which is from uh, I am Cade, who who asks, "What achievements slash set of armor slash cool loot are you the most proud of?" Mm. Oh yeah. So in my in my Terraria game. I beat, I played the game and I beat the moon god guy, which is, of course, they, okay, you get the UFO thing. And I built a fucking UFO. <laughs> okay. So this thing, so normally in the game, you're walking around, right? And then you get some extra tools that let you kind of walk faster, or you get a mount that lets you walk kind of faster. But uh, none of it really changes that particular aspect that much. You can get a flying mount later in the game, but this fucking UFO, so it flies, it's really fast. And then it has mining lasers. So this game, it's basically like, it's kind of like Minecraft, right? So you're, you're always collecting uh, blocks. You're kind of chipping away. It always takes forever. Even when you get the bigger tools, the better tools. Uh, yeah, because it's always one block at a time. One block at a time. So no matter how fast you go, it's one block it's at a time. Fucking, this UFO. And I didn't know this because I just saw it just happened. I looked on the list. It was like, oh, here's this mount. It's like the hardest thing to get in the game. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. So <laughs> go, it took me like probably three or four hours once I'd beaten the, the moon god guy to go like, cobble this thing together. So not actually that hard for like once you're at the end of this whole game. And then I get in the thing for the first time and like you're sort of veering it around. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And I didn't even know it had the strip mining capability. Yeah. And so I, I clicked uh, and then it started, it shot out lasers and just like just blew a hole in the ground. <laughs> and <laughs> then I instantly. got all the stuff. Yeah. And so you just, you can almost just fly and cut through the ground at almost the same rate. And probably the whole time you were going, what? Yes. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> And then what I, the first thing I did just for fun was my, uh, my wife and I's base is always just kind of sitting there, you know, um, on the ground, which is like a plebe. And so I took, <laughs> I took this new fucking a sky base, this strip mining UFO and just for, I just took a minute and just, just cut it out from the ground mm. and left a huge, like a, just a tremendous gap between our little house and then the rest of the planet. <laughs> It, it was so fun. I remember, I think I called Adam. I was like, hey, you, uh, you want to go try yeah. it? You, you know something's <laughs> fucking awesome when you, after doing it in a video game, you have to call somebody. Yeah. Them, <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, and actually, yeah, it. there were a bunch of instances when, when Seth was in a Kerbal Space Program for a while where he would do something just fucking nuts and he would yep. <laughs> go on some crazy mission with some robot or whatever and, or some, in particular with the rescue missions of various sorts. And yeah, would, those were fun. So he would, he would then tell the story of what he did afterwards. And I was always like, how in the fuck? <laughs> and I mean, and I, I saw, I don't remember almost any details, but the like, sort of the, just the absurdity of those stories still sticks out in my mind, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, so I have, I have two that I want to share. One is a Kerbal Space Program one, mm-hmm. which is, the, so in Kerbal Space Program, you build spaceships and you try to go to space and other, or other planets and moons and stuff. And their sort of Earth analog is called Kerbin, and it has two moons. It has one called Mun and one called Minmus. And Minmus is a really tiny moon that's really far out there. Mm. And a lot of people uh, advocate for going to Minmus first because it's actually not that, it's not as, not sort of much harder to go to the farther away moon, but it, because the hardest part is taking off and landing. Mm-hmm, but right. if there's not much gravity, then it's very easy to just take off, right? So 
I uh, sort of miscalculated how much thrust my rocket was going to have. And I came in way too hot for my landing mm -hmm. and just fucking exploded. But the capsules are very durable. Mm -hmm. So yeah. my whole rocket exploded, but the capsule survived, which means the Kerbal inside of it also survived. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had a, a space station that was orbiting Minmus, just kind of, you know, just chilling up there. And I, and I had this Kerbal stuck down there and I thought, I wonder if I can just use my little, because they have, they come with a little EVA uh, jetpack jet thing, kind of mm -hmm. like what you saw in the movie Gravity with George Clooney mm -hmm. with his little thrusters, you know? Like, I wonder if I could use this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very weak. If you're on, if you're on the Kerbin, the Earth part, you can't, you get can't off the even ground. get off the ground with yeah. it. I was like, I wonder if I could use this to perform an orbital rendezvous with my space station. Because <laughs> you also have no instruments. So you have to eyeball it, right? <laughs> See, so, so, so you do, you, so I had to keep sort of, I would basically get myself oriented and I used the position of the stars on the map versus the position <laughs> of the stars when I was looking in the normal game. Because when you look at the map, you're looking from a certain angle, but when you're on the planet, the, the, you're on the side of a planet, right? right? So up is actually, you know, not Whatever that orientation right? is, yeah. Yeah, and so, so I just had to keep flipping back to the map and back and forth and reorienting myself, and I fucking did it. I performed an <laughs> orbital rendezvous with my space station, got in there. Using the stars as your tools. Using only the stars and a fucking tiny little jetpack. That's incredible. So that was yep. pretty fun. Um, I posted a video of it on YouTube, but nobody gave a shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's that one. And then the other, the other thing that I'm kind of proud of is... Uh, is I often play melee characters in, in MMOs. Mm -hmm. So in World of Warcraft, I play as a monk. And one time I, I queued for an arena match and my partner never appeared. And it was me by myself against two frost mages, mm -hmm. which are ranged characters who specialize in keeping you from being able to move. Which if your whole thing is you got to get up close to hit people, it's, it's very hard, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> so frost mages are kind of like the... They're the, the, the rock to the scissors of mm -hmm. melee, right? Mm -hmm. And I fucking beat <laughs> 2v1, two frost mages, and it took me 15 minutes of just like adrenaline pumping. Yeah, I was just like ducking behind pillars. And as a, as a monk, you can do this weird thing where you can lay down a spiritual version of yourself anywhere you want. And then if you are within a certain distance of that thing, then every 25 seconds you can trade places with it. Mm. So you can kind of teleport. And so I had to do all these jukes where they would, they would freeze me in place and they'd be winding up a big spell to fucking blow me up. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'd be a boop and I'd just be <laughs> somewhere else, you know, and I'd quickly heal myself. And, you know, I was just sweating bullets. But man, that was, that was a thing. <laughs> what a rush. That was a rush. And then I actually, as soon as that was done, I uninstalled the game and took a year break. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, yeah, that's one of those. Well, we've done it, boys. Yeah, I was like, I can't. Try to back I can't out. do anymore. Yep. Yep. So, <laughs> oh man, yeah, I think I don't. Know, I just I never played games hard enough. I have I have lots of just good <laughs> social experiences, and so probably my f most favorite recent one was uh, there. There was a mod for Left 4 Dead 2, which was the Helm's Deep mod, <laughs> yeah. where where somebody constructed you know Helm's Deep from Lord of the Rings. Yes, uh, but, but with, the orcs were replaced by zombies. But the orcs were replaced by zombies. And there's Gatling guns. You know, so it's this really fun just scene. Uh, and I was playing this with my wife and a uh, friend from college. And I think these guys at some point yeah, I was played with us a bit. There, yeah. 
Uh, but I, we play that a lot of times because it's hard as fuck. And you, you have to keep on retreating backwards to get, get further into ca- the just castle. Like in the movie, just like in the movie. Just like in the movie. And so, so we, we start, we eventually memorize the timing of when things happen because, you know, the wall breaks down. And, and so we had this, we were developing this whole system and we just played over and over and over again. And then we finally beat it. <laughs> and uh, it was, I mean, it was a really fun. Was this when you guys were playing as velociraptors? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it's sort of velociraptors yep. versus zombies. It was in Helms, Helms Deep. deep. <laughs> Helms deep. It, was, uh, it was sort of like the internet put into a concrete yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a good time. But yeah, but I think my, my personal achievement, though, is, is probably is the, uh, the gnome from Half-Life 2 when you put him in the rocket. So you, oh, yeah. You find nice. a gnome, which is one of the achievements that they had listed there. Called Little Rocket Man. Little Rocket Man. There's Isn't a, it? Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. There's there's a gnome, I think, five or ten minutes into the game. And then uh, if you carry it all the way to the end of the game, 12 hours later, and put him in the nose cone of a rocket, then you just unlock this achievement. Mm-hmm. And so it was my second playthrough of the game, and I decided I needed to do that to Take just make notch. it more interesting, which was quite the adventure. Um, and it was— Didn't you—you you wrote up a whole— article about yeah, it. Yeah, a blog post about it, but you know, that, that was back when I wrote miscellaneous random blog posts mm-hmm. that nobody read. One time, Adam made a companion cube cake. Yeah, my wife and I made it. Posted it on your blog, and that got like 60,000 page yeah. views. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which for a blog post in 2006. That yeah, that's, that's 2000, a yeah, 2007, seven, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Whenever Portal came out, basically. Yeah. I think one of those achievements that I got that was uh, good, but also maybe indicative of like a problem was in Left 4 Dead, the first one. You get the zombie genocidist. Yeah, 50,000. 53,000, like 347 zombie mm-hmm. kills. And I got it, and then I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I should, this is too, that's too bad. I, I had the same reaction when I got my kill 100,000 players in, in World War <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that's players. That's not zombie that's, horrors. Yeah. Those are real people. Yeah, to be fair, though, if you're in a group and somebody somebody from the other faction mm. is killed by anyone in your group, that still counts. So it's not ah. it's not as direct. So it's as like an dead. accessory to murder as well as murder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it used to be the case that they had these big 40 on 40 battles uh-huh. and that was where most of it happened. So you'd ah. be in a huge group and other people on the other team are just falling over left and right, you know. So, but still, I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot. Of, that's I'm, a I'm lot of murder. <laughs> what fraction of their player base has that particular achievement? Can, can you still get it? Does it still exist? You can still get it. Okay. It's very tiny, I would imagine. It's not a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for listening. We'd also like to thank our producer, Fat Bard, for making us sound good. And I also want to say uh, Fat Bard is working on the audio for Level Head, and we have some dank very, beats. Some very dank beats yep. coming into this game. I'm really excited about it. Also, thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running. If you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, hop into our Discord server at discord.gg slash bscotch and come say, hey, we also now have a juice box in there as a legit robot who yep. will greet you upon arrival, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty excited about. <laughs> He's a good right. robot. Um, also, if you'd like to adorn your body with Butterscotch merch, check out our shop over at shop.bscotch.net. Also, if you'd like to send us something, we have a mailbox. So you can uh, find that over at mailbox.bscotch.net. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.